Let's go! <laughs> Holy, we're starting off hot today. Wade Zinkata, Connor O'Neill, see a perspective. Week one of the season. Woo! Try not to blow everyone's your phones out while uh, we get a little too excited. Oh, man. But if Connor, you're not this excited with us listening to this podcast, turn it off right now. Just turn it off. All right. All right. Here we go. Red Blocks. Eastern Division Champions. Book it. Wow. Coming out. We haven't even like. Nope. We're hinted at bold it. predictions. We haven't even like talked about whether or not we're going to do that. You're just coming out of the gate hot. I am. And then, of course, we get a setback today with Masoli being out for week one. But. Yeah, disappointing. Disappointing. I'm, I'm sticking to it. I mean, what what was the report? I think he was going to miss the first two games at least with like an with an asterisk around at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, first week or two, at least for sure. Right now, uh, Javon Santos Knox as well is going to miss the first game for Ottawa, so that's that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I read that yeah, like just way. before we jumped onto this podcast, and I was like, "Damn it!" Now I got to switch all my takes around for our bets because hint, 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 we can go full into gambling again this year, and we will, and we plan to later in this episode. Uh. I am so ready. It's not about how you start, Connor. It's about how you finish. And Just this Redbox team is going to come down the stretch with it. Just ask the 2022 Detroit Lions football team. Not about how you start, it's about how you finish. One in six. Fourth place. Fourth place. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We're clearly excited and a little bit off the rails to start this episode, but let's bring it back around. Let's go through a little bit of news and notes before we get to all of the exciting stuff, all of the week one predictions, all of the CFL fantasy football talk. Where do you want to start? Actually, I'm not even going to give you a choice. We are going to start with the Jonathan Kongbo news and all of the ensuing firestorm that happened after uh, it was announced he was being traded to the Hamilton Tiger Cats after being acquired just, what, two weeks prior to that by the BC Lions? Uh, yes. Yes, I think it was only a few weeks. Uh, Connor, quite frankly, I'm on Team Brian Burnham. Yeah. I think this is a little fishy. Uh, <laughs> I think that the most interesting part for me is the back and forth started with Farhan Lalji tweeting out what he has heard. Chances are if Farhan Lalji, the Vancouver based football reporter for Canada in general, NFL, NCAA, CFL. um, I don't really think it's going to be missourced or misrepresented. No, I'm entirely, I'm entirely with you. It's Lalji and Naylor are like Rappaport and Schefter for us Canadian football fans up here. And and Farhan Lalji tweets out, I'm told Kongbo was, quote, not a fit, and it was important for the BC Lions to get back to the chemistry that they had before the trade. And then Kongbo himself, you sent this to me on Twitter, goes, quote, not a fit because I called out star players not showing up for practice and guys not wanting to work out culture matters. It's called pro football for a reason. 
And then, just like in Dude, Where's My Car? And then, we're not done yet. And then, Keon Hatcher comes out and says, but you quit, question mark. Very pro of you, my boy. And you sure them feelings wasn't hurt because he wasn't in the rotation like that? To which his own teammate, well, to which Keon Hatcher's own teammate, Sean White, comments underneath with the got him gif. I, there's a lot. There, I guess there was a lot going down early in the CFL week uh, just before the season kicks off on Thursday. I don't know, man. Like, I, I think this whole situation to me, and we talked about this in the CFP group chat, Kongbo is not, there's few guys in the CFL that are, but Kongbo is not of the stature to be able to walk into a locker room and start mother effing everybody and calling guys out and cussing guys out, especially when you're the newest guy on the roster. You hadn't even been there a full two weeks yet. <laughs> I think the biggest issue is it's not even that you were there a full two weeks. It's that you're not that guy, dude. Like, you are not a Derek. Like, okay, example Derek Dennis was just cut, weirdly, by the Calgary Stampeders. If Derek Dennis walked into your organization and was like, hey, man, oh, I was about to curse there. <laughs> Uh, if you walked into your organization and went, hey, smarten the F up, get to practice, get to workouts on time, you kind of go, oh, shit, you know what, Derek Dennis? You might, you might have been around the block enough to know. There's some clout. There's some respect that is earned and comes with that. But when you're Jonathan Kongbo, who has not, let's face it, really impacted the league at all, Partially because you've been behind a freak of nature in Willie Jefferson, but partially because you just have not contributed <laughs> to the organization statistically or physically on the field that much, then doesn't come with it. I mean, like, sure, Jonathan Congo, pretty good player in his own right. We wouldn't be calling him a good player if he didn't get those looks in the NFL, take a couple reps with the Denver Broncos, but I, I'm with you. Like if Derek Dennis walks into a locker room, if Bo Levi Mitchell walks into a locker room, if Willie Jefferson, who you just mentioned, walks into a locker room, if it's one of those caliber of players that walks into the locker room and starts telling me to smarten up and get to workouts and, and do my thing, yeah, I, I'm probably going to listen. But if a guy that we just traded for that has barely been in the locker room <laughs> that has barely really established himself as a star in this league. And I wouldn't call Jonathan Congo a star. I'd call him a pretty no. damn good player. Yeah, he's a really good athletic player. If a guy that's not a star, not a captain, not one of the highest earning players on my roster walks in and starts trying to mother F me and my name is Lucky Whitehead, do you think I'm going to take that shit? Absolutely not. <laughs> Especially after the season last year, the BC Lions just had. He called out the culture of the BC Lions. Shout out to the BC Lions for calling him back out, saying our culture's fine. Um, That's okay, been okay, so all week. I do want to avoid getting us in trouble. We don't know if he was mother effing people up and down in the locker room or not. We don't know what had gone on. All we know is what he tweeted out, which is saying, I was calling out guys for not showing up to workouts, practices, blah, blah, blah. And we know that the other side of that was guys saying, you sure you're not just salty? So we don't know what went on, but we're guessing if you're not a fit in the locker room, we've been around. There's all different kinds of personalities and people. 
The one thing that people won't tolerate is someone sticking their nose in where they don't belong and trying to take on more than they've actually earned. Yeah, 100%. And I saw an interview today with BC Lions GM or co-GM uh, Neil McAvoy. He was asked up front what went down, what happened, what was the reasoning behind all this Jonathan Congo stuff. Uh, obviously, didn't really get too into the woods of, of what really happened, but McAvoy made a good point in, in saying, you know, he's a he's a BC guy. I was excited to bring in a local British Columbia born player to play for the hometown BC Lions team. Sometimes things just don't work out. Sometimes things just don't happen. But I mean, there's no animosity right now, it seems, from Neil McAvoy's perspective on this. No, I don't I don't think there there will be either. I and I know that there's going to be some big blown out of proportion uh, <laughs> like story whenever BC has to play Hamilton. But there's nothing to this anymore. No, I, I, no, I really don't think there is. I think, you know, it was a pretty high tension news story that got a lot of traction because everybody was kind of like, oh, damn. This is going down like the Monday of week one. Let's buckle up. But to your point about when BC plays Hamilton, it's August 26th, which is week 12 of 21. So this maybe, maybe tempers flare a little bit. But at this point, by week 12 in the season, I got to imagine this is all going to be water under the bridge. However, in week 12, guarantee that people are bringing the Congo stuff back up for that game. No question. If if he hasn't burnt bridges in Hamilton by week 12. <laughs> fair fair Considering enough. it's only taken him a couple weeks to do it in BC. Um, I don't know, dude. Everything that I, I've heard behind the scenes about about Bo's leadership style, if Kongbo walks in the room and starts mothering at, mother effing everyone, I think Bo's going to give it right back to him. You're going to get a nice old country talking to. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be a sit down, shut the F up, let me run the damn team. No, I don't know. And for BC, like, this has got to be the weirdest off-season to still maintain such strong culture. So, they uh, they lost our dearly beloved. They bring in Vernon Adams midway through the year last year. VA now takes control. They lose key pieces on both sides of the ball, like staples that had been there the last bunch of years. And all of a sudden, it's, yeah, we still have our culture set. We still have our guys here like Lucky, like uh, Soup Chung, uh, like Sales, Peters, Lee. Like Their defense has a core that's been there. And for someone to come in and be like, this is a complete culture reset when, dude, this team was in the conference finals last year. They were a Nathan Rourke broken foot away from being arguably the best team in the West last year. They were the best team in the West last year without Nathan Rourke's broken foot. Like, yeah, I don't, and it seems that it's kind of circles back to the point I was, I was starting to make a little bit earlier, but like, to me, it seems like BC has kept this culture, has kept this camaraderie in the locker room. Like, it seems like based on everything that we've seen from 
the Arrow Up series. Shout out to Nick Walski and the BC content team because they're doing great things. But it seems like everything we've seen from that series it has been nothing but the BC Lions of last year. It looks like the same fun-loving, high-energy team to me. Yeah, and uh, who tweeted it out? Was it Keon Hatcher that tweeted out the picture that said, For the Culture? I think so. A plus. A plus for that. Was it Bakes Takes? Somebody did it. No, 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 no. Uh, Bakes Takes had a, like, looks like pretty good culture to me. Uh, Dominique Rhymes had for Rhymes, the culture. for the culture, yes. A plus. Um, okay, let's get off of Congo. We've got four games to talk about. Before we get to that, we're going to take a moment to pause and thank our wonderful sponsor, Noodle Brand, the newest innovation in hats. Uh, starting where most snapbacks and they go beyond to fit your head specifically. Visit noodle.store to get in on the best new addition to the hat game. Uh, make sure to check them out online as well. N-O-O-D-L. Let's go on. PFF, new partnership with the CFL. Huge news dropping today. I was excited to see Randy that. Ambrosi knows the word analytic. Well, Genius Sports certainly does. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think that the PFF thing, PFF's a love-hate. They have some really good metrics, but they also measure some metrics real stupid. And I texted you, there's going to be some players that are fawned over by PFF. <laughs> Namely... Namely, a Jake Mayer and a Trevor Harrison. Where Trevor Harrison and Jake Mayer are good quarterbacks, they live at the line of scrimmage with high completion percentage passes. PFF I, eats that up. But no, this, uh, this is building up very well to be a, oh my God, look at these quarterbacks and how high their PFF grades are. Yeah, because they're, it's like Drew Brees. Drew Brees had like, what, three point something yards per or air yards per attempt for the last couple of years of his career, but PFF ate it up. Okay, but when it came down to crunch time and he couldn't stretch the ball downfield, how did he fare then? So what it usually comes down to for me is the ability to make a play downfield and the ability to show that throughout the year. Yeah, And that's where a guy like Jeremiah Mazzoli it's not going to be loved by PFF because he takes so many risks downfield. It's tough to get a good grade when you're throwing the least accurate pass in the in the game. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic, leaning towards excited about this PFF partnership. The only thing that gives me pause, the only thing that I'm kind of worried about, what is the bias going to be here? Is there going to be a strong American bias from PFF because it is an American-owned company? Are they just going to look at mostly American players or are they going to show love to the Canadian players that are doing? Oh, God, no. God, no. They've got to they've got to do the whole league. You can't. You have to. But but that's my fear. What are you going to do for a team like Toronto or Calgary that has so many Canadian assets at receiver? You're going to have to look at the Canadian players. You're going to have to look at their production grades. But my thing is in getting the numbers and getting the metrics on that. Sure. Yeah, they're going to have to do that. They are going to do that. That's part of the job. But. It's the information that they start working into articles, working into graphics, working into Instagram posts. Are we going to see 
a largely Americanized product, even though it is the Canadian Football League? Like, are we going to see most of the guys that they're talking about being American players? That's no. that's where I'm a little bit worried about. And I just I want there to be a fair shake because there's so much Canadian talent in this league. And goddamn, it wouldn't be a CFL, it wouldn't be a CFP podcast if I didn't say I want some goddamn shutdown grades on Marc Antoine DeCroix. <laughs> Um, okay, you're going Mark Antoine Dequa. The grade I want to see is my man Trey Ford when he gets in the game because he's going to be electric with his athletic ability. Like, I would love to see his rushing metrics mm-hmm. just to see how it translates. Because last year he did get banged up running the yeah. ball. Just one more, one more point because I like what you're saying. It'll be really interesting for me to see what the impact stats are for Trey Ford versus his limited snap count, because we know Taylor Cornelius is the guy right now in Edmonton, but what's Trey Ford doing to impact the game, to affect the game when he has those limited opportunities? I'm, I'm curious to see, because we know what he did in U sports. You know what receiver grade I want to see, actually? Jalen Acklin. Kyle Oxley. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all about Jalen Acklin. We're in 2-3 as a receiver. Uh, let's jump into our games for the week. Connie, you know what? let's start in Ottawa. Ottawa at Montreal. Montreal minus three on the night. No Mazzoli for Ottawa. And that's the kicker for me. That's what that's what this game really was hinging on. I know Ottawa has what is shaping up to be a very explosive passing attack. I'm excited to see it in real time, but I'm excited to see it when eight is under center. No shade to Nick Arbuckle, but we've been waiting for Masoli for what feels like two years now uh, to see him in a Red Blacks uniform, to see him with the full firepower of that offense. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Ottawa's going to keep it close, but I think the Masoli factor is just going to kind of lend an edge to Montreal. Uh, Ottawa for the points. If this thing shifts to three and a half, I'm hammering Ottawa on the points. Um I think Montreal pulls this out, though. I don't know. The odd one for me is Willie Stanback at 62.5 rushing yards. This Ottawa team has a damn good uh, history when it's going against the rush. In terms of yards per game with this Ottawa team, 105.5. But, Connor, they also had like one of the most uh, rushing attempts against them, like third most. And teams were trying to salt away wins, right? So. Um, I do think that they come out real fresh and with this new scheme uh, and the way everything's working, it's kind of a new look. But Willie Stanback is a wild card for me on this one. Healthy, motivated, ready to reestablish himself in the league. I'm going to say he goes over at 62 and a half. And that's the part of the reason why Ottawa ends up keeping it so close in the points is there's a lot of time eaten away by Montreal in this offense. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to take Willie and the under. And I'm going to do so because I really like the talent across the defensive line of the Ottawa Redblacks. I think it's a I really, love it, really but I think that I think he's going to be up around 20 carries, Connor. I think and I, the only reason I'm taking the under on this is the Walter Fletcher factor. He proved how electric he was. He's going to take the ball out of Willie's hands a little bit. Um However, when when Stanback did come back, I think his last few games of the regular season or last two games or something, 
he was at or over or near the 100-yard mark. So, I mean, would I be shocked yep. to see Stan back go over 62 and a half? Not, not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Like, I'm, I think he's probably averaging four yards a carry. I'm yeah. saying he's well over 15 in the game. That, to me, averages out more than, obviously, 15 at four a carry would be 60 flat. So, yeah. 16 carries, is that reasonable at four yards a carry? I think so. All right, one more player prop in this one, and I'm, I'm sticking with the Alouette train, the Alouette theme. Kayon Julian Grant had a great preseason, had a great preseason showing with the Owls, was shaping into his own towards the end of last season. He's at, th- he's at 35 and a half receiving yard total right now. I am hammering the over. And if you want to double down on it, he's at plus 210 as an anytime touchdown scorer. So I like the value there. I like. I like the value there for the anytime. And I, I think that he's going to be probably the one or two A in the Montreal passing attack this year. Oh, man. Montreal just has a lot of weapons, I think. Um, Ellingson, Kayon, Hergy, Tyson. Yeah, I, I don't think Tyson's going to be playing this week. When he hasn't practiced in a bit or much since their uh, first preseason game. Which game are we going to next, though, Connor? Let's stick with the theme of Eastern teams. I know it's not a game in the East, but the Hamilton Tiger Cats at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to open the season. Winnipeg is the home favorite by five and a half. We get to see Bo Levi Mitchell go head to head with back to back MOP Zach Caleros. <laughs> God damn it. This is such an awful line for week one. <laughs> it really just is. Because of the, just because of the new faces, new places in Hamilton and Winnipeg. like It's screaming at you, take Winnipeg. But five and a half points week one, Connor. I might be leaning towards the Tabbies. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like This is the one that I looked at and looked at. And looked at, then I scratched my head, and then I looked at it some more because I just I don't know. I think that Hamilton had a really good offseason. They restructured really well. There's a lot of things that I'm really excited for. But this is still the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Nobody really left. Nobody really changed. It's the same team that has now gone to three consecutive Grey Cups, but it's week one. And five and a half is a lot. So I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to go with the Hamilton Tiger Cats to cover the five and a half points. If I was picking an outright winner, it's Winnipeg. Winnipeg money line. I think that's the smart bet. All right. We are both on Hamilton. We are both on Ottawa for the points so far. Is that correct? It is correct. That is correct. Are there any props that you like in this game? No, um, I don't love the Brady Oliveira 71 and a half rushing no. yards. I, I might fade that one a little bit. Dalton's shown like 71 is a lot for a receiver. Especially the receivers in Winnipeg. And especially the receiver that you know everyone's going to be looking at to make yeah, a huge th- impact on the field, right? Like Dalton The defense Schoen- also knows that he's the weapon. Like, it's not like the offense has this hidden gem like they did last year. No. 
Dalton Schoen does not get to hide behind the rookie label anymore. Like Dalton Schoen, it's Dalton Schoen is a known factor. Dalton Schoen is a name around the league now, and Hamilton's going to be keying on him. I like I those, feel those are high prop bets. So yes. I might. I don't want to fade Dalton Schoen because let's face it, he's a favorite. Uh, one, one pass could be fifty-four yards and a touchdown for Dalton. Dalton yeah. Schoen could go like. One mind one, you, he had games where he caught two for sixty last year. Yeah, oh, he only got two passes, but he had sixty yards. Sixty yards, because that's what he does. He could go obliterate this, or he could catch one ball, two balls, and be done. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm hesitant to touch Dalton Schoen for that one. If it was Dalton Schoen anytime touchdown, book it. But Brady Oliveira fading the seventy one and a half, I think, is my move. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going under on Brady, under on Schoen. Uh, you mentioned anytime touchdown, so I'm going to bring it up. Richie Sandani at plus 330. I absolutely okay. freaking love the value there. It's Connor the Calgary and I got our, uh, Connor and I got our fantasy lineup set. Oh, also, you can go and join our league. CF Perspective uh, Fantasy 2023. So CF Perspective Fantasy 2023. I've got my lineup set. VA is my captain, but Richie Sindani is a value pick and a half. 5K. I think I'd, I think I had to ask you at least three times if you were serious about that. Yeah. But I, I mean, coming back to the Sindani anytime touchdown, and I mean, we both picked him for our fantasy lineup. If Bo Levi Mitchell's in the red zone and he's in trouble, where do you think he's going to look? He's going to look to a guy that he's played forever with. He's going to look to the guy that he has a connection with. If Bo needs to play in the red zone, he's probably going to throw it to Sandani. And he showed that when Sandani scored the touchdown in preseason. It was great coverage. Sandani ran a great route. Bo read it well. Bang. Zipped it through the defenders. And they scored. So I, I like Sandani anytime touchdown at plus 330. Okay. Am I picking the game we're going to now? Yeah, go for Is it. Is it my turn? Uh, Saskatchewan at Edmonton, Sask minus two and a half. Edmonton money line. Let's go, Chris Jones. Do I have to put on my... Oh, my glasses aren't near me. I was going to put on my Chris <laughs> Jones glasses. Um, no, I... I think that Saskatchewan's offensive line... Connor, this was not an issue that they solved. It's a new scheme. They have not made enough moves to cement. Like, Peter Godbert is a great pickup. The center is worth a hell of a lot on offensive line. But, Connor, we're talking about a team that gave up, what, 90-something hits last year to the quarterback? I don't think they did enough of an overhaul in this offseason to make a difference. And Edmonton is bringing it with their pass rush. Yes, they are. Yeah, Saskatchewan was sacked a franchise record 70-plus times. I don't know the exact number, but it was 70-plus 70 plus times by the end of last season. Edmonton looks like a team on a mission. Edmonton looks like a team that's not going to take any mess from anybody this season. And obviously, they got to go out and prove that, but they looked very competitive and completely revamped in the CFL preseason. And Jake Ceresna. 
Leonard, Jamin. Like, dude, their free safety and Jake Taylor was getting into the backfield for sacks. Yeah, now put Luchez Purfoy in there. <laughs> like, dude. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Edmonton. I, I think this, Adam Conard, too, playing well. I, I think that this defense for Edmonton, it's Chris Jones to the max. And they are going to make life living hell for the Saskatchewan offensive line. Um, I don't know what Taylor Cornelius is bringing. We know that he is either all the way on or all the way off and nowhere close to in between. Um, but in terms of how this is going to look, I think you're going to see a lot of antlers on helmets flying around in the Saskatchewan backfield. I really, really feel bad for, well, feel bad and feel good for Edmonton Elks fans because that, uh, that guarantee a seat deal that the Edmonton Elks have going on. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's lasting very long. Like I don't think they're making it out of week one with this deal, which you know should make Elks fans very happy, but also disappointed because they don't get a free ticket to the next home game. But at that point, when you've lost it uh, again, when you've had a record-breaking home losing streak, I I would gladly after a win after a week one win, I'm gladly paying for my next seat. Gladly. Um. Okay. I don't like any prop bets in this game. I really don't. <laughs> no, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing really. There's nothing really in this game that that caught my eye. I mean, if uh, if any if any of our listeners are like complete degenerate gamblers out there, Lenius anytime touchdown at plus two thirty looks kind of nice. Again, no no key no key in Shaper Baker. They gotta have um, a, a big body in the red zone. Um, um, I would like to say if we are doing degenerate gambling, Kevin Brown over fifty-five and a half rushing yards. Oh, there you go. He was impressive last year. I am all the way on the Kevin Brown train to start the year. Uh, train does make stops frequently because he plays for Chris Jones, so you never know when he's going to get cut, traded. Um, <laughs> but I'm all in the start of the year. Fifty-five and a half rushing yards. There you go. There's your their degenerate gambling lines of the week, unofficially brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Unofficially brought to you. Unofficially. Uh, all right, so we're both in on Edmonton. Is that what I hear? Oh yeah, absolutely. I thought I was going to shock you uh, with that one, and then you came out and you're like, "No, I'm riding. I'm riding with the Alex." You like, think oh. I have? I can go away from Shades Jones? I don't think so. I don't think so. You dressed like him earlier this week. I did. I had my Elks shirt on. And I had my glasses on, and I got out of the car, and I was like, God damn it, I look like Chris Jones today. <laughs> uh, okay, final game, Connor. BC at Calgary. Calgary minus three and a half. Give me those Make BC your- Lions. Give We're me those four BC four Lions. Connor, we need to be more original than this. We can't have the same picks all the time. Uh, okay, Vernon Adams over 260 passing yards. I think he is going to air the hell out of this ball. Yeah. Grimes, Hatcher, Whitehead, yep. bring it on. Bring on the yards. Yep. I, I'm i in agreement with you on this one. Um, mostly because what the hell does a running back situation look like in BC right now? 
James Butler's playing in Hamilton. They don't have a true number one anymore. At least not that I've seen yet. I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, no. VA looked impressive last week in in the preseason. I'm they've got, I would say, one of if not the most explosive wide receiving core in the entirety of the CFL. It's top two for me. It's either them or Winnipeg. So yeah, VA is going to have a field day throwing the ball. As that comes to a close, then for our week one bets, I guess we just kind of did our uh, our wagers for this week. Yeah, BC, Ottawa, Hamilton, Edmonton, Edmonton outright. I'm saying BC outright. The rest by points. Yeah, give me. I guess if, we're, if I'm taking BC money line, that obviously means they've covered the spread. Hamilton, I'm taking to cover the cover the five and a half, but I would take Winnipeg to win. Edmonton, I'm taking outright, so they cover the two and a half. And then Ottawa, I think Ottawa's going to keep it close. I will take Montreal on the money line, though. And if this line moves to three and a half for Montreal, like you said, I'm absolutely going to go hammer the spread (laughs) button for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Man, I am ready for this week. Uh, If you do not live in Canada, CFL Plus, it is free. F-R-E-E free to watch for our American listeners. You don't have to rely on CBS Sports, although CBS Sports is going to be streaming these games. We can do so on CFL Plus. If you're in Canada, TSN Sports. Come on. We know TSN is going to be holding these games. Um, Let's have a year. I'm speaking to you, Ottawa Red Blacks. Let's have a damn year. Until you play Edmonton at home, then Jake Taylor can win. But let's have a year. I'm, I'm excited for the Red Blacks this season. I'm excited for the CFL this season. I'm excited for fantasy this season. You want to dive into our, our fantasy football rosters here? Wade and I both spent a good while sorting through, pining over these rosters, making sure that they were... Tweaked and perfect. I'm sure I'm still going to make many more changes before Thursday night. But as of Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, whenever you're listening, this is what I'm plugged in on. This is what Wade's plugged in on. And like Wade mentioned already, you can find us. You can join our league. It is a public league. No buy-in necessary. CF Perspective Fantasy 2023. Commissioner is Wade Z. Obviously, that's Wade. So let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start at the top. Let's start with uh, our quarterback picks and, and work through it. We, on, do, we have on. the same pick. We have the same quarterback pick. Uh, team, I set him as my captain as well. I it was too. one of my prop bets. Vernon freaking Adams Jr. the third. What? Vernon Adams Jr. the third. The, there we go. What? The third? You gotta listen. You gotta listen to Dan Patrick if you if you get the junior the thirds. Who's your quarterback? You going with VA too? Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm riding riding <laughs> the VA bus with you. Running backs, who you got? Uh I am going with Jamal Morrow and Willie Stanback. Okay. My running backs. I'm going with 
Williams standbacks as well. And I also had uh, Devontae Williams from the Ottawa Red Blacks. I like it. I like it. Versatile back. He's going to get I touches. wish Toronto played this week. It screwed up my receivers. I had the majestic Tennessee waterfall in my lineup. AJ Olette. Yeah. All right. Receivers. Connor, I'm going all over the place with this. Sindani, Bahar, Malik Henry. That is a a solid, pure-handed trio of receivers. For me, for me, if you've been listening this whole time, none of my picks at wide receiver should come as a shock to anybody. I'm going with Keon Julian Grant. I'm going with Richie and Danny, which should shock no one. Nobody. I gave you the anytime for Kayon. I gave you the anytime for Sandani. That's who I'm riding with. And like you, I don't know if we mentioned this, but like you, I made Vernon Adams Jr. my captain, which for those who don't know, fun little wrinkle this year in CFL Double fantasy. points. Double points. I like that. Double points. That's cool. Uh, defense? The Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Antlers on helmets, baby. Edmonton Elks. Bring they still back. technically have... They still technically have antlers on helmets. Their primary logo has antlers for those that are going to be snarky about it. Um, all right. That's it for this week, though. If you would like 15% off the worldwide leader in Whistle Tech, head over to fox40shop.com. Enter the code CFP15 at checkout to get that 15% off your order. Boating gear, whistles, coaching boards, merchandise, you name it, they've got it. Get ready for the summer and for your fall seasons if you're an extra overly prepared person. Fox40shop.com, CFP15. You said it. That does it. That closes out the episode. Um, Man, I'm excited for week one. I'm very excited for week one. Just quickly, before we hit sign off here, um, on a little bit more of a solemn note, I just want to say that I hope that everybody uh, that is in or around or near somewhere that's being affected by a forest fire is doing all right. And I would like to, to thank every firefighter from top to bottom, from chief to volunteer. Thank you for keeping us safe. So I'll, I'll, end, the, I'll end the episode with that. But you know, stay safe to anybody well, who's affected. And thank you to all of our firefighters. So I could hear it on my own time With my luck I'd miss the call then cry I'm the only other loser who would still have a landline Hell, I'll mosey on down just to fake it I know you say we're making fine but I hate it With my luck I tried I'm the only other loser who'd be laughing at the same time Let this cowboy